We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. St. Louis, your text messages have been counted. Your voices have been heard. And no recount, no dangling Chad, no Twitter-fueled insurrection. No, no, no. Back by popular demand, Rebecca Black, Friday. Can't believe I just said those words. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. See, KMOX, if nothing else, is responsive to you, the listener. And I've got about uh, 10, at least 10 text messages here, maybe 15. I haven't been able to count them. All saying, play Rebecca Black, play Friday. And so, folks, I got no one other than me voting against Rebecca Black. So you've spoken, and there you go, folks. Camo X at your service. That is the epitome, the sheer definition of at your service. You asked for Rebecca Black, and you got it. And speaking of somebody that got it, you know, Kimberly <laughs> Kimberly Gardner, she got it this week, okay? <laughs> Oh, did she get it? You know, it's interesting that this uh, this 73-page indictment, and it's not really an indictment. It's not really a complaint. It's an ethical violation charge uh, that was filed against her. I read the entire 73 pages today. And, you know, what's interesting about this is, is that it it started to come out that this was going to happen on Cinco de Mayo. So I don't know if, if Kim Gardner is a fan of margaritas, but uh, she may have been, you know, dropping back a few after she read that 73-page uh, complaint outlining all of the ethical misconduct that she, uh, that she participated in during the Eric Greitens prosecution. And I'm not going to go through that. I talked about that earlier this week. I'm not going to go through all that again, but when I mentioned it a couple of nights ago— we hadn't had the release of the complaint yet, and we did. We saw that today, and I read through that complaint. And it, what's what jumps out at me is a couple of things. And just to bring you up to speed, if, you, if you're not familiar with the story, what happened is this. During the Eric Greitens trial, Kimberly Gardner hired 
uh, an outside investigator by the name of William Tisby because she didn't trust the St. Louis police. So, and I can't imagine why the police have animosity towards Kim Gardner whenever she just blatantly said, I don't trust any of you all, and I'm going to bring in an outside uh, investigator. So she did. And one of the things that's called the, the, it's called the Brady Rule, I believe, in, in criminal court, which is that the defense gets to get everything, all of the evidence that's developed by the prosecution, whether it's good evidence or bad evidence, whether it helps the defendant or hurts the defendant, the defendant gets everything that the prosecution has. So one of the things that the prosecution, or rather the defense in the Eric Greitens case, they asked for all of the notes and any video related to William Tisby's uh, discussions and uh, meetings with the woman who was the source of the complaint against Eric Greitens. And the first thing that, that Kimberly Gardner's office said was, well, there are no notes. We have no notes and we have no video. And then later they said, well, we have video, but it was destroyed. And lo and behold, the video was available. Shockingly, the video was not destroyed. And the video showed William Tisby taking uh, extensive notes while he was interviewing the woman who made the charges against Eric Greitens. So the defense asked for that, and they were repeatedly told, both in court filings and in writing and orally, that that there were no notes, even though there was video showing the notes. And she lied to the court, according to this complaint. She lied to the defense counsel, according to this complaint. And when she was contacted by the chief disciplinary counsel for the state of Missouri, according to this complaint, she lied to them as well. And what jumps out at me is when you look at this complaint, you can find it online. If you want to email me, I'll be happy to email you a copy of it. How's that for a deal? You can send me an email, beyoung at harrisdowell.com, beyoung at harrisdowell, H-A-R-R-I-S, as in Sam, D as in David, O-W-E-L-L.com. I'll be happy to email you a copy of that complaint. So you can look at it yourself and see what she is accused of doing. Because I added it up. And the chief disciplinary counsel is alleging that Kim Gardner, who, by the way, whose campaign, both of her campaigns were in 2016 and again in 2020, were financed by George Soros. That's right. You know, the guy that just is is overflowing with the milk of human kindness, George Soros, funded her campaigns, both of them. And uh, uh, and she, according to this complaint, engaged in 62 acts of misconduct that resulted in 79 false representations to the court, to the disciplinary council, and to opposing counsel. Now, folks, that's, that's not a mistake. That's a pattern of conduct. And what's interesting here is that if she is found guilty of these charges, and that's going to be determined solely and exclusively by the Missouri Supreme Court, if she's found guilty, what are the ramifications? Well, after this break, I'm going to go through what those ramifications are because it could be uh, groundbreaking in terms of the ramifications of what could happen as a result of this investigation. Brad Young here at your service demonstrating our degree of service by playing Rebecca Black. Don't go away. We'll be right back. 
Get the inside story on what's happening with your St. Louis Cardinals this season directly from the Redbirds manager. It's the Mike Schilt Show, Sunday mornings at 1015, sponsored by Bath Fitter, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young here this evening till 11. Thanks for staying up late with us. We do appreciate it. Talking about Kim Gardner, and uh, Chris has got an opinion on this. Hey, Chris, welcome to KMOX. What do you say to our Perry Mason? Ah, Perry Mason. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Perry Mason, I think, only lost, what, one case or two? I mean, Perry Mason was before my time, but but I know just from trivia contests, they lost like one or two cases. That's a pretty darn good track record. Well, that's a hell of a batting uh, average. Yeah. Uh, Oz, Ozzy Osbourne also did a song called Perry Mason, so, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm showing... I'm showing uh, lean there, so anyway, that's, that's okay, Chris. What's your what are your thoughts on uh, Kim Gardner? I think she. I was telling Michael. She, I think she's derelict in her duty. I mean, the law and the you know legal pleas like you are, but Brad, I just her inability or a lack of ability to prosecute uh, criminals, and uh, I just. I, I I just don't. I remember D. Joyce Hayes and uh, uh, Jennifer Joyce. Yep. They it seemed like they did their job better. Uh, and uh, just you you and that's not you, but that she's funded by a piece of scum like George Soros. I just it, it wow. I wish I, I wish I had money like that to throw around. Cause, man, I'll t- I'll tell you, it's just uh, it. I I don't have. I mean, even though I'm over here in Illinois, but I'm originally from Missouri, I I just see the city going downhill further. And uh, you're right, and Chris, that that hurts the whole region. I mean, I, I live in St. Louis County, uh, but but as the city goes, so does the region. And 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 one of the things that you mentioned about her not doing her job, let me just highlight this for you: the number one issue in the city of St. Louis, above all other issues, I don't care whether it's financial whether it's moral, whether it's racial. The number one issue in the city of St. Louis is violent crime. That's the number one issue. It impacts the ability of companies to come to St. Louis. It impacts the ability of the region to grow. It impacts the safety of our citizens if we want to come downtown. It's the number one issue. And she has been derelict in her duties of trying to reduce crime. Now, you can't just say because crime has gone up, it's her fault. But you have to look and say, what has she done? And she refuses to prosecute crimes, even when the police bring her evidence, a confession. There was a case of a drug dealer who confessed to a crime she wouldn't prosecute because she didn't like the police officer who brought the evidence. And so when you look at that person, she's been derelict in her duties and she's got to own this issue. And that's why I I, I agree with you. I hope she's going to be out. Has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with Democrat versus Republican. It has everything to do with her failing to do the number one job that she has, which is prosecute violent crime. Well, exactly what, what she's the way the term you use, Brad, is derelict in her duty, man. I just it it do just do your job well, and I and I've heard the stories too about a a lot of uh, lawyers just leaving her. Um, 
office. You know, she just she, she doesn't have that big of a staff anymore. Well, Chris, she's had a 100% turnover. That means everyone who's in her office left. More people came in, and they've left. And right now, she wow. is at half. She's got 50% of the prosecuting attorneys that she needs to operate that office. But she can't hire enough. I mean, the law schools are cranking out lawyers right and left, and she can't get enough prosecutors to work for her office. What does that tell you? That tells you that uh, she has the backing of uh, North St. Louis and the Democratic Party. That's, that's what's sad. Well, hey, before you go, Chris, uh, Mike sure. Anderson's got a present for you, or no, a treat. He's got a treat for you. Go ahead, Mike. Sure. Ozzy Osbourne. Just for you, Chris. How's that for being at your service? Thanks, Michael. Yeah, that, that was great. And uh, keep <laughs> keep it up with Rebecca Black, too, Brad. Uh, okay, man, Chris, I was right there with you till the very end, my friend. But uh, thank you. Appreciate you listening and calling in this evening. And see, boy, that is at your service. We aim to please here on X. So when we look at this investigation of Kim Gardner, where does it go from here? Well, there are several options. But before we get to some of those options, let me just briefly mention here that she remains under criminal investigation because she did what's called, at least allegedly did, what's called suborning perjury. Now, that's a fancy legal term that simply means that she allowed or encouraged someone to perjure themselves. And she did nothing to correct it once she was made aware that it was false. And that's these statements by William Tisby. And suborning perjury is a crime. So it's not just that that she's being accused of ethical violations, but she is under an active criminal investigation by the special prosecutor that's prosecuting William Tisby. And according to the chief disciplinary counsel for the uh, Missouri Bar, works directly for the Missouri Supreme Court, and I'm quoting here, that she offered and elicited false testimony when questioning Tisby. And she not only uh, violated her, I'm reading here from from the complaint, She violated her responsibilities as a lawyer and as a prosecutor, essentially suborning Tisby's perjury by failing to take reasonable remedial measures when she knew knew Tisby was giving false answers to questions. So where do we go from here? Well, essentially, when this uh, uh, investigation concludes and it'll go before the Missouri Supreme Court, Kim Gardner will either be A, disbarred, B, have her law license suspended, C, she could receive just a reprimand, or D, nothing at all if they find that she did not commit any of these charges. But just like we saw with Derek Chauvin, here's the connection with Derek Chauvin. Derek Chauvin was convicted because of a video. That's really the basic, that she was convicted because of a video. He was. And there's also video of Kim Gardner sitting right next to William Tisby with the notes, and then there was case after case after example after example where she lied about it, and she failed to correct the lies that were told by William Tisby. And so we have video of that, and it's just hard to get around it when you've got video of someone committing a crime. It's hard to get around it. But under Missouri law, and this is the most important part of everything that I've said about this topic, Under Missouri law, 
if she loses her license in any way, whether it's a suspension or disbarment, she instantly becomes disqualified to, to remain being the circuit attorney in the city of St. Louis. And under Missouri law, if that happens, then Governor Parson is empowered under state law to appoint her successor. Now, here's what I think is funny. And this would never happen. I'm not predicting this. I'm just saying, wouldn't it be funny if she got her law license suspended and Governor Parson appointed Mark McCloskey to be the circuit attorney of the city of St. Louis? Now, again, I don't want that to happen. I'm not asking for it to happen, but wouldn't it be funny? Or how about Eric Greitens? She could appoint Eric Greitens to be the next circuit attorney. How funny would that be? Hey, Brad Young here on At Your Service. After this, we're going to hear from Senator Bob Onder on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Don't just listen to the news, react to it. We are the voice of St. Louis. Everyone is welcome. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young sitting in this evening. And uh, the legislative session in Jefferson City for the state of Missouri, uh, you know, it doesn't go all year round. In fact, it wraps up in about uh, in about less than two weeks or so. And so one of the things that's just come out of Jefferson City deals with COVID-19 legislation. So whom better? to break down what this legislation does and what it's going to mean for folks in the state of Missouri than State Senator Bob Onder from Lake St. Louis. Uh, Senator Onder, welcome back to KMOX. It's great to be back. Thank you for having me. Thank you for making time for us this evening. Uh, one of the things that passed, I know you're in the Senate, of course, but the but the House of Representatives passed HB 1358, uh, which is a COVID bill. And I know the Senate also passed a bill. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But what, uh, just briefly, what did this House bill that passed, what does it do in terms of COVID-19? Yeah, I believe the House bill uh, 1358 uh, would um, would uh, ban uh, the uh, COVID-19 passports, um, which, um, you know, I think are are really a bad idea. They they really do uh, do interfere with people's ability to uh, to work or to travel or to freely associate. Um, so um, so yeah, that that's uh, that 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 uh, that would be something I uh, support. Well, but the Senate bill passed back in February. So what was in that particular Senate bill that passed? And let's talk about how some of those provisions would impact Missouri. Okay, so um, really, right now, probably the biggest piece of uh, 
of, uh, of COVID legislation is uh, the what I like to call the COVID tyranny bill. Um, uh, Representative Jim Murphy uh, earlier in the session uh, passed House Bill 75. But right now, the most likely vehicle for COVID legislation is going to be um, uh, House Bill uh, 271, which would restore accountability to the um, to, to the public health departments that have issued these shutdown orders that have shut down restaurants and uh, churches and schools and uh, and uh, you know sport, sporting events. So. Um, so it would require um, that uh, that that the elected body approve any uh, health orders that uh, that that enforce any kind of shutdowns against uh, businesses or other other entities. I think that I think that is uh, right now uh, part of a larger bill in conference, and uh, I, I'm very confident that we will get that done. Good. Well, one of my one of my problems with the way, uh, particularly in St. Louis County, I think we've seen uh, in St. Louis County some of the more draconian measures instituted compared to other places, even compared to the city of St. Louis. We've seen real draconian measures coming out of St. Louis County. And I guess my question to you is, is that from from a legal perspective, doesn't it appear that in the past year there's just been these uh, uh, almost autonomous edicts being entered that are that lack accountability that lack any sort of a of a balance in terms of checks and balances is that really what that bill is is aimed at is getting rid of that autonomous single-handed power to institute lockdowns that affect so many people well that's absolutely correct um you know county executive sam page appointed uh, emily duche as health director over two and a half years ago, and she was never approved by the county council. And yet during um, during uh, 2020, she uh, issued more than 850 pages of rules and regulations, basically laws that by the county charter were supposed to be approved by the county council before they went into effect. The county council never approved a single page of those rules or regulations. Um, instead, she claimed that she derived her power somehow, that somehow she was deputized by the state of Missouri and, and had uh, absolute power and was completely unaccountable. Um, you know, that really is an absurd concept in our system of uh, democratic government. Um, so that is exactly um, what uh, what uh, House Bill 271 would do. It would restore accountability and require that the elected body, whether it be the county commissioners in a rural county mm-hmm. or the county council in, in St. Louis County or St. Charles County, um, ratify any uh, shutdown orders that would happen. And I, and I would add, Brad, that these, these shutdown orders really did not do anything to combat the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, in St. Charles County, where we never really shut down except very briefly uh, at the end of April last year, so we've been back open again for over a year, uh, we have one half of the death rate from COVID-19 as uh, St. Louis County, Jefferson mm-hmm. County, that really didn't shut down, right. uh, has a third of the death rate of St. Louis County from COVID-19. So, you know, this is about power and control. And I mean, sometimes bureaucrats just love to lord their power over over people. And uh, we need to put a stop to that and really restore accountability. We're talking to State Senator Bob Onder. And uh, Senator Onder, I mean, when you're talking about these issues, 
maybe folks don't know, but you're not talking just as a state senator, but you're also a physician too, aren't you? Yeah, I am a physician. In fact, I am a respiratory physician. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing, um, doing um, I've been seeing patients with respiratory diseases with COVID. I've been uh, doing COVID research, actually. So, uh, yeah, and I've and I've read, you know, the studies you've been hearing about in the medical literature. I've been reading every one of them for the last year. So, uh, yeah, I would I mean, I would look um, Sam Page is a physician. So am I. Uh, but I would uh, I would put uh, my knowledge of this pandemic up against his any day. Hmm. Well, what I think is fascinating, just on a national level, that really exemplifies what you're talking about on a county level, is that you compare Florida with regard to their level of COVID infection rate, compare them with New York or California, and it's drastically different in Florida, even though they've had a fraction of the of the shutdowns and closures that some of these blue states have had. Well, that's right, Brad. They, there's really no evidence these shutdowns or closures or mask mandates do a thing. Um, this is an COVID-19 is an influenza-like virus. I said, oh, about a year ago, I said that uh, if it's as contagious as we think it is, we're all going to get it, um, except that we're racing against the clock, um, you know, of, of, of development of a vaccine. And I think that's exactly what proved to be the case. So, you know, whenever, you know, at first we, we saw it in Missouri and the urban areas in St. Louis and Kansas City. And, uh, you know, then as it spread over the summer to areas it hadn't been before, the more urb, uh, the more rural areas, um, some of the so-called health experts said, aha, that's because rural Missouri isn't shutting down. They don't have a mask mandate or what have you. Uh, but the fact is, it's a pandemic uh, of, a, of a virus, an influenza-like virus that does what viruses do, which is spread from person to person. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news is right now, uh, between the number of people who have had natural infections and the number of folks who have been vaccinated, um, we are starting to reach a level where the pandemic is under control and is, is getting better. You know, now whether we're at herd immunity or not, I can say that uh, of of those who are most vulnerable, which is um, adults over the age of 65, 70 percent of those folks have received at least one COVID-19 vac- vaccination shot. So, you know, yeah, so freedom is working. Um, people being uh, being cautious, if they want to wear a mask, great. Uh, if they don't want to wear a mask, but if they want to get vaccinated to protect themselves from COVID-19, we have two vaccines that are 98% effective. There's no need for va- ma- uh, vaccination mandates. There's no need for COVID passports. And uh, these shutdowns really have been a, have been a failure at anything other than inflicting harm on our society, on our businesses, and uh, really probably worst of all, on our school children who have just lost a lot of educational attainment, suffered from depression and despair during this during this government induced uh, shutdown. Absolutely. We're talking to State Senator Bob Onder and Senator Onder in the few minutes that we have left here. uh, One of the other things I wanted to mention was that in a lot of this covid legislation that's either pending or has passed in Jefferson City, one of the elements that keeps coming up is the protection, uh, the business protection from COVID-19 litigation. What, what are your yes. thoughts on those particular provisions? Yeah, I do support business protection uh, from COVID-19 litigation. I think as our, as our economy, as our state, um, you know, kind of claws its way out of the devastation 
uh, wrought by COVID-19 and government responses to it. The last thing we need is uh, is a lot of uh, uh, businesses, but not only businesses, churches, sporting events, and so on, um, just living in fear that uh, if they open up, if they allow people to live their lives that they're going to be uh, you know sued for you know transmission of covid so i, I do support um covid liability protections there's been a lot of um, misinformation about the um, covid uh, liability uh, bill that passed the senate and is now pending in the house for instance it doesn't uh, create any kind of uh, vac- any kind of protection uh, against um, lawsuits for vaccine manufacturers um, I do support that legislation I think it's an important part of getting our economy moving again well I, I know that I, I represent companies right here in the st. Louis area I'm dealing with multiple workers compensation claims by employees who claim they got it at work and uh, and it becomes extremely difficult if not impossible to disprove if someone alleges that they got COVID at a certain specific location. It becomes virtually impossible to disprove that. And so I'm glad that you're taking steps to protect mostly small businesses. It's not the Walmarts or the Targets of America or in Missouri that need protection. It's the mom and pop places. It's the small businesses. It's the local restaurants that are run by a family that need this kind of protection. So I want to thank you for stepping into the gap. And I think even our churches, for instance, I think most of our churches still have, you know, half the pews blocked off. I just don't think that's necessary anymore. You know, folks who are at risk can get vaccinated now. People who want to wear masks can wear masks if they want to. Um, I really do think uh, that we need to uh, have all our public institutions be able to be reassured that they can reopen and, um, you know, get life back to normal without fearing litigation. Excellent. Hey, Senator Bob Onder, Lake St. Louis, thanks for joining us this evening on X. Always a pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Hey, when we come back from this break, I want to open up the phone lines. What do you think? You heard, you heard uh, Dr. Senator Bob Onder talk about the, the COVID protection, uh, his views on, on the lockdowns and, and the legislation in Jefferson City that's going to hopefully put curbs on the, uh, the really the Uh, unanimous power of a county executive to individually institutionalize these lockdowns without accountability and without checks and balances. What are your thoughts? 314-436-7900. Call or text here on CamoX at your service. We'll be right back. Trusted information live and local from the award-winning KMOX newsroom. Welcome back to uh, At Your Service. Brad Young with you this evening. Thanks for thanks for staying up late. Hey, make sure you stay up a little bit later because I, I teased this a little bit earlier in the evening. But, of course, you know, Ryan Recker, you, you, you love him, you like him, you can't live without him. And, uh, and he, is, of course, has moved to, to middays, taking over the slot that uh, formerly was filled with, uh, with Rush Limbaugh here on X. So it's Ryan Recker and Carol Daniel and, of course, Bo Matthews. They've got a great show. I've been listening every day. Couldn't listen today, though, because of Cardinal Baseball. So one of the things that, that you can do here on Camo X, of course, is you record it, and it's available for a podcast. So I want to make sure that you know that after 11 o'clock this evening, uh, we're, you're going to hear the podcast uh, that, uh, that Ryan did with, with Carol Daniel and with Bo Matthews. 
Uh, today wasn't aired on Camo X because of the game, but it will be aired here tonight at 11 o'clock. So uh, after the uh, after the top of the hour break, make sure that you stick around because I know, I know you miss hearing Ryan Recker during this time slot. In fact, looking over the text messages that I've got this evening, there's about three talking about uh, how much you miss Ryan Recker. Well, if you miss Ryan, here's your chance to get your Ryan fix in the evening. Stick around after 11 o'clock this evening because we will be covering that uh, and we'll be playing that and it will be something that you want to hear. Speaking of text messages, hey, I got, I got a lot of texts tonight. So thank you for texting in. Uh, I'm looking at the numbers. There's a whole range of phone numbers. So I know it's not just uh, one person sending me all these texts. So thank you very much for your participation. I appreciate that. That makes the show more interactive. And that's the part that I like. You know, uh, uh, I'm not a broadcaster. And you're probably saying, yeah, Brad, we know that every time we hear you, we know you're not a broadcaster. But I love talking to people. I love uh, uh, engaging with ideas with people. And that's why I'm doing this. It's not that I need a job. It's that this is fun. And there's no better audience than the X audience to talk about uh, these uh, issues of the day. And so I appreciate you. I appreciate your texts. And I certainly appreciate your phone calls. One thing that I don't appreciate, however, is when gas prices go up. I don't appreciate that, and I'm sure you don't either. Uh, but they are. They're going up. If you've been to the pump lately, they're a lot higher. Now, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that. But earlier this evening, I talked to a, a CEO and owner of a trucking company. His name is in an energy company. His name is Jim Grundy. And he talked to me about this massive shortage of truck drivers. And I, I just find that to be extremely interesting uh, that we that 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 one of the things that impacts the price of gasoline isn't just the the availability of oil. It's not just the availability of refined gasoline, but it's the ability to transport that product from the refinery to your neighborhood gas station. And if you can't have a truck driver do that, you're going to have shortages. And if you're going to have shortages, we know economics 101 says, that makes the price go up. So I, I, I want to caution you this summer that not only will gas prices be going up, but we may be looking at a situation where there will be gasoline shortages this summer. And this is going to be the summer beyond measure. I mean, you have pent-up demand. If you're listening to the show, you've got pent-up demand. You have been sitting there at home for the past year you haven't been doing anything but watching boring television or staring at social media, and you want to go somewhere. You want to do something. You want to have fun. And so this is the summer. We've, If you're all vaxxed and waxed and ready to get going to a party, but if there's no fuel available, you know, you just can't do it. So uh, it, it's disappointing, but that's one of the things that we're going to be facing this summer is the lack of gasoline or the prices of gasoline. So uh, I know I'm going to be packing up my family. I don't know where we're going to go, uh, but we're going to go somewhere because we've done nothing all year but sit around and stare at each, stare at each other. So uh, uh, if you go somewhere this summer, just check out those prices of gasoline because it's going to impact 
your cost of travel, and it's going to impact maybe even if you can go there, depending on the availability of fuel. And I've got a friend of mine who's a truck driver, and uh, and listen, he's making more money now than he's ever made in his life. So uh, if you're looking for employment opportunities, there you have it. Hey, we're coming up here at the uh, for the uh, end of the show here tonight on Camo X at your service. No sleeping with the radio on. Uh, that was Ryan's song, not mine. But stick around and listen to Ryan right after this on Camo X. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.